Welcome everyone to the College Parent Podcast. My name is Elizabeth. And my name is Antonio. And we want to thank you for joining us. On today's episode, we will be discussing the unnoticed transition that occurs for second year college students and how parents can help manage the silent sophomore year tears. We will be interviewing David Sneed, Director of Growth and Purpose for Students and the Sophomore Year Experience at Belmont University. David has worked in student life for many years. He served on the President's Council at Davis and Elkins College and has been working in student affairs and specifically student growth and development for almost a decade here at Belmont. His team uses various campus resources to assist students in exploring, discerning, and in navigating the direction they want to pursue for their lives. So let's go ahead and dive on in. Welcome, David, to the College Parent Podcast. Thank you, too, for having me. Yeah, so let's get started. Um, I just want to start off with an initial question. So what are some common patterns you see with second-year students? Well, it's interesting. At Belmont, we see basically two or three different types of patterns. Um, The vast majority of students are fine. They just go through life. They're moving, cruising through. They know what they're doing. They um, have a good foundation of faith, of family, of values, and they're going to be fine. When they stop, though, or if a student comes in with some questions that they they need to have answered, that's when we want to be there for them. So it's when they they get here and they're acclimated a little bit to the college experience, and now we want to sort of say, here's here's what's going on. So it's that student who might find something. So one pattern is they might find something that's so pleasing to them, that's something that's touched their soul. They've taken a class, and this is mom and dad's fear. I jokingly say fear many times, is that they find something like a sociology class that touches their soul, and they go, this is what I want to do with my life. And their parents say, but what are you going to do with that degree? Or they find, you know, they came in as pre-med and they find that uh, organic chemistry says, uh-uh-uh, you're not going to be pre-med. So let's figure out another pathway there. So it is many times about pathway, about uh, career pr- perspectives and, and possibilities. But more often what we're really concerned about is helping them be well and be safe and be um, positive in moving forward. Thanks for that, David. Yes, so it sounds like... Each student has a different experience. It depends. Some good, some bad. And like you're saying, some students have these really great experiences. They realize things that they want to pursue in maybe their second year. But with that being said, do you think that the sophomore slump is a real thing? And if so, what makes sophomore year so tough on students? Well, it it certainly can be for many. And the sophomore slump, I, I think that most people would define it as just a time of a little bit of malaise and and getting to the point where they don't know where they're going any longer. And and some of it is being overwhelmed by all the possibilities. You know, the old saying, the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. Um, It could be that they've they've seen that all these things and they find all these opportunities and how am I going to finish this in three years and how do I have to decide? And, And, you know, so many people say they're not happy and sometimes even parents will say, you know, I'm not really happy in my career choice and, and things like that. So be careful, mom and dad, about those kinds of conversations. But it's, it's for many people, it's that kind of thing, seeing the opportunity. For many others, it's that they've had a dream all their life, and then they realize that, that dream's not going to come true. Um, they've been a talented person, and we have so many talented people at Belmont, and they are no longer the, the big fish in the small pond. 
Um, and you know, we work pretty well with a lot of things, but it works out uh, nicely for some people there. So it's usually slumping around those couple of different things. It's going to be either they have so many opportunities that overwhelms them or they don't know, they feel lost in the direction that they were heading. And so those are the slump opportunities. Now, there are some surge opportunities, too, and we'll talk about that, too. Awesome. Thank you for that. And I totally agree. And um, I appreciate that response because it's very true to so many students. My next question would be, what advice would you give parents of the incoming sophomore class that entered college during the pandemic? Wow, that's a that is a great question because that's it's such a different world for all of us because uh, a little moment of transparency. My daughter is also a freshman now going into the sophomore year at Belmont. And so she experiences those same things. And so she missed out on some of the end of the high school year experiences, uh, the, the freshman year experience here at Belmont while she had a great experience and she had her own experience and your students did as well. But the reality was it may not have been what they were expecting and so we all live through the pandemic and we are all living through the pandemic. It's just that it was at a time when they were expected to do these amazing and wonderful and different things and they didn't get to do so in the same way. So, so the advice I would give is to have them reach out and to have them be of still make themselves available for all of the opportunities and options that are, that are available to them at Belmont, what they were looking for. We are doing some special programming for the sophomore year students, some special opportunities for them to see each other and meet each other in new and different ways. Some of them have known each other, but a few of them only virtually. And so we want them to get to see those experiences and get to meet people in those ways, but also just to get to know the campus, get to know the community, get to know um, the, the, so the amazing opportunities that are, that are out there. So encourage them to to still explore, to explore safely, to explore in a, a the wonderful world that is available to them. And, and don't let them feel bad about what they missed Let them feel great about what's coming up in the future. That's wonderful advice. Thank you, David. Could you talk about kind of the surge aspect you mentioned? Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear you expand more on Mm -hmm. kind of what the sophomore surge looks like. Well, the the surge in in my mind, and it's it's not something that's been researched in the same way. It's just sort of my positive way of thinking about life. And so I love to think about that is... You think about the sophomore, you know, they talk about the sophomore experience in record albums, you know, the second album that comes out, and whether it was as good or bad as the the first. And usually it's called the sophomore album only if it's it's worse than the first experience. The same thing with athletics. You know, their sophomore year is is that they have that, that's when this real slump comes and things like that. But I think of the surge a little bit differently for for students, and especially Belmont students. We have a book that I have here, and if anybody ever wants to see it, it's called Helping Sophomore Succeed. And it is a lot of research, years and years of research that was accumulated back about 12 years ago, right as we were starting this program. And what we did at Belmont is we tried to instill as much of everything that was in that book for our students. The problem was Belmont was already doing it. Our residence life program was so interactive with our students back then, and they've grown. Our residence life program has grown in those in the ten years that we've nearly been in existence. Our university ministries, our, just across the board, everything that we've done is really the kinds of things that they were saying in the research should be done. The question is, how do we get the students to do it? And so, what we look for here at Belmont and about the surge is to say. Now that you're acclimated to Belmont, after those first probably about six to eight weeks in the freshman in the first year, then that's when we really try to start kicking in 
And we sort of say that 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 second semester and the preparation for the second semester, about midterm of the freshman fall semester, is we start thinking about the second semester already, and we start calling them rising sophomores. And we start thinking about that sophomore year because at Belmont, that's when you apply to be an RA, one of the best student leader positions a student can ever have. You apply to be a TT leader. You apply to be an ambassador. That's all in the fall of your freshman year, and you apply for those things, those opportunities in your sophomore year. And if the sophomore year at Belmont is perceived as the freshman year is you're finding and discovering your way academically and personally and emotionally, all these kinds of things, and you find out about yourself, and then your junior and senior years, you really get into the meat of your academic programs, the sophomore year is the only year that you really have to explore. And no place, I can imagine no place better than Belmont University to explore your elements of faith, your elements of personal growth, your elements of leadership. To be involved in the BOLD program from day one is great, but to really get engaged in that sophomore year when you have some time to do it. Those are the kinds of things that I think that a student could really take advantage of and surge in because they're still taking some of their Belcor gen ed classes. There's different ways to think about that, but we would love to help them think through how to just incorporate all of these amazing experiences that Belmont has available for them in the sophomore year to prepare them not only for their junior and senior years, but really we're preparing them for the life after Belmont. Right. Thank you. I wanted to follow up with that. It just sounds so interesting to me. Um, so what advice would you give the parents of these students to help them maneuver through this time and through this experience of the sophomore year? This is not only for, for, for parents of these students, but it is especially for parents of these students. It is to, it's, it's hard for us as parents not to want to live vicariously through our students because Belmont is a really special experience. And I have so many parents who come up and say, I wish I could have done this. And I wish I would have had these kinds of experiences and these kinds of programs and these kinds of professionals around me because they're, they're all around your student at Belmont. So here's the issue. Let them be them, but at the same time, you help encourage them to do the kinds of things that you might want, you might have wanted to do for you, for the sophomore you. Remember, if you talk back to the sophomore you when you were a youngster, you're probably not going to listen to yourself then any more than your students are listening to you. But at the same time, you, we, we want you to think through the kinds of things and, and let them know that the kinds of things that you find because they still value so much of who you are and the values that you share with them and the foundation that you built. So let them know what you expect and what the opportunities that you, you would love for them to have. So whether that is doing something a little bit different, whether that's getting to know people they might not have known differently. I mean, if they're not from the Nashville area, and even if they are from the Nashville area, there are amazing things to experience in this area, in this region, and there are people outside, but the, just on campus. And, and again, on and on, there's so many things to experience. And, and I would just encourage them to do that for themselves, to reach out to their residence life staff, to the student life staff, to the GPS office, to their academic advisors, not only about what classes to take next. I can teach them how to, to read the catalog and choose their classes. What they need to know is how to live life differently. And that's the questions that we want to help them ask of, of, of all of us. And we want you to help them ask those questions. And we would love to have you have conversations about that. Just don't do it for them. Don't, don't do these things for them. You know, encourage them to do it and let them do what they decide they want to do. But try to help them do that. That's wonderful. Thanks, David. So for all of our listeners who don't attend Belmont or they have students who don't attend Belmont, is there any... Anything in particular you would say as just general advice across the board for families who have students at state schools, other universities, just for the sophomore year in general, 
about maybe some resources students can go to at Mm -hmm. their particular university or anything that might help parents assist their second year student. Excellent point, Elizabeth. And I'm so sorry I've been so focused on Belmont because I just love what we do here and what has (laughs) been developed here. And so outside of transferring to Belmont, and, and that's jokingly to say that, half jokingly. Um, Outside of that, I I really do think that some of the same things are there. I'm a product of a state school, um, wonderful state school just north of Nashville in Kentucky, in Bowling Green, Kentucky, not to say any more than that. Uh, We can figure out from there. But, um, um, and and again, never attended these kind of wonderful schools, but there are experiences. And so here's what I would encourage you students to do. Get to know their professors. Take advantage of office hours in that time. Those professors are not there because they just need a job. They love their subject matter. So get to know those things, especially something that interests your student. But even to teach them if the, if the subject matter doesn't interest their student, if they can get to know that person and that you know, why this subject matter interests you, why did you decide to pursue this all of your life? So that's one thing. Always engage them with the student life staff across the board at every every state school co- colleague that I have and we we do meet and we work together a lot whether it's in the Nashville area schools or around the region around the country um, there's this, um, wonderful professionals out there who would really encourage you to have your students work with and look for the opportunities to get to know somebody there to look for those opportunities to just explore who they are and what's out there and and I think that it's it's the, if you can do those two things work with your faculty members your advisor especially not in the advice and experience, not in the class selection experience, but in the who they are and who, what they can provide you. Um, those kind of experiences are great. And you have, that's what I think that the, the value of the education really is on top of the, uh, the courses. Wonderful advice. Thanks, David. Regarding students who are in sort of, as we've, we've said, the sophomore slump, when it comes to their major or some of their academic struggles, if they feel like the major they've chosen isn't right for them, but they have to pursue it, or um, they feel some sort of pressure from their parents, what, what do you have to say about kind of the academic side of this fatigue that students feel, yeah. and kind of what advice would you give for that? Well, it's a difficult one, because there are so many times that, you know, that that really comes down to career paths and, and money is an element of it. Let's be all on, you know, let's be very honest about that. That we all want our, our children to do well and to do better and to do um, to to be happy in life and and to just not have to struggle um, and those kind of things. So that's really what it's all about. But we know that there are other elements that are important too. So I think that know that on your campus, wherever it is at Belmont, we have the GPS office, but we also have great um, colleagues in our Office of Career and Professional Development here. And every campus is going to have some kind of career services, career development office. So make certain that you, you know, contact those people if you don't have something along the lines of a GPS. Um, but there's some people who can help you. If you, again, there's no way that a student can know all the options of what's available, even when an area they think they want to go in. And that's why those faculty members, sorry about that. I think that the issue about majors is, you know, talk, if, if there's an area of interest, make sure to talk to those people in, and um, make certain that you know those people, the faculty members that are there in that area, because they, they know a lot of different areas. But also, there are a lot of related areas. At Belmont, I say, if you want to be a nurse, you're going to study nursing. If you want to be an accountant, you're going to study accounting. But the vast majority of things in this world, you need a degree, possibly, and probably in, the, in our culture, in our country right now. But there are going to be jobs for today's freshmen, today's sophomores even, maybe even today's juniors, by the time they graduate, there are jobs that haven't been created yet. 
how do you prepare for a job that hasn't been created? You prepare by just training your brain how to read and how to explore and how to have fun. And, and, and you know, for all those people who are entrepreneurs, how they want to do those kinds of, uh, how they become creative. And you're looking just around this world of wonder. And so you serve people and you look at how children play together and you might you come up with a solution for world peace in that. But whatever it is, you just sort of, you're going to be there at the moment when some new genesis of an idea comes up. And just make yourself available to that and make yourself available to look at those things. So, so the training that you get in school is really as much about learning how to learn as it is in many times about the, the subject matter. Now, pay attention to the subject matter. I'm not saying it's not important. But at the same time, it's the, the process of learning in this day and time that's so important to, to a student. So um, if they're not happy, they can find some things that are different. Um, they, they might not be happy in a course within a major, but the major may still be the right place for them. So let them make sure they talk to their advisors, make sure they, and, and don't let one person either ex, excite them too much or to depress them too much about something. So one professor may be just really monotonous and boring, but another professor may be just the most exciting and, and thrilling person they've ever heard speak. Those are the extremes. They've got to find their way through those kinds of academic areas. So I think if they just sort of make certain they're just aware and are talking to the professionals that the university, that the colleges have available for them, this is the same as especially true at community colleges. I find there's a lot of wonderful professionals who are working at community colleges, and I just love the, my colleagues there because there's, sometimes they're actually working you know, part of their day in a professional position, and then part of the day in a professional position of teaching. And so I love those kinds of opportunities as well. That's great. And you talk about this element of awareness and how that's important. What would you say, or would you suggest anything for students? I mean, we're we're in summertime, right? And so the, the school year starting in the fall, would you suggest anything for students or parents of students to do to kind of prepare for the fall um, in this summertime or what they can do, what they can expect to come in the fall or what can they do during the summer? Oh, gosh, that's great because there, there are so many things that float through my mind now. So there are a couple of skill sets that I think every student can work on. I, I think still read. You know, read and try to you know, work on your comprehension and your reading. Just read, read for pleasure, read for fun, read for, you know, read magazines, read whatever, but, but try to increase and improve your reading. In college, it's about being there and it's about the efficient use of your time. And so, again, you, you know, we all have 168 hours in a week. So how do you use that time? And you've got to, you've got to use some of that time for your well-being, for your sleep, and for your mental and emotional health. So don't let that lack. That's usually where students will cut that short. But try not to let those things lack. But if you can, if you can figure out how to be more efficient and more effective in what you do choose to do and how you're intentional about those choices. So it's go to classes. But even our provost has said this. This is back in the day of um, when we had the snowstorm. Our provost was saying, I tell my own children that there are times when you just need a mental health day. And so it's okay to take a day and you, because most professors have some kind of a allowance of so many absences. So you, you, you do that because you're going to do that. There's going to be days when you're professional and you need to be off of work, whether it's for sickness or something else. And so you've got to learn how to catch up. Those are life's lessons too. So again, it's, it's about being professional. It's about being understanding. It's about being intentional in life. And I think that we can, you can do a lot of, a lot of good with those things. 
Thank you, David. Um, I, I like how you said that you have to be intentional. That's one thing that I love. It's my favorite word, intentional, because that, that means to do things on purpose with a purpose. Just to kind of, I guess, uh, be a little more intentional about the parents uh, listening with us in our audience, um, what are some um, tips or techniques that you would recommend for them to um, to walk their students through that process of during the summer of taking of doing what you just said. Yeah, well, it all makes it all makes sense to me as a fifty year old kind of guy, right? And so it's not something that uh, you know that I would have done as a as an eighteen year old or seventeen year old or twenty year old. Um, so it's it's just a matter of where they are and where your where your student is. And so I think the, the the practical techniques for you are you know your your student, you know what nagging does to them, and you know what coercion does to them, and you know what manipulation does to them, and how to how to handle that. I think this is a wonderful time, and I'm not saying that I'm doing it 100%, but I think this is a wonderful time to start really thinking about the relationship between you and your student as an adult and what you want that adult relationship to be because you don't want them to always be your child. You want them to be the best adult that you've, um, you've helped them to become and so that they can, they can be you know, really cool friends, not necessarily your best friend, but really cool friends. You want them to have open communication. You want to have open communication, direct communication with them, but understand that they're, they're, they may not be there developmentally. And so, you know, you've got to figure out some things and, and determine whether you want to coerce them. But I'd say just, you know, if you just say, you know, let them lead them to some things that they might want to do that you, you might say to them in a, in a heartfelt moment, this is something I wish I would have done. I wish I would have taken the time to do this. And so not that it's a regret in your life, but it's something that might have been more helpful to you. And so if you can just share those kind of moments of, uh, of vulnerability with them, I think those are kind of good, good things to do. Thank you, David. Totally agree. It is very important for parents to be aware of the second year college experience and what it brings about um, the challenges that it brings about and all the, the uh, added learning experiences as well. When parents begin to recognize these obstacles in learning moments their child faces during the second year, we have to realize that they're normal. They're very normal, and we have to understand that. But it can help. we can help ease that tension through some of the struggles. And David has given us some great tips and some great resources we can lean into, and you as parents can lean into for your students, including the resource of the Helping Sophomores Succeed book. Make sure you take note of that. And also just encouraging your student to explore the options that their campus has for them. Whatever university that they're at, there's all sorts of resources that students can turn to on campus to help them in whatever way they may be struggling or to help them succeed further. And so we just encourage you to encourage your student to explore what their campus has. And so with all that being said, we are going to wrap up. So as we wrap up this episode, we want to thank David Sneed for taking the time to be a guest on our show. And if you want to learn more, check out our other College Parent Podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Have a great day and see you next time.